0: We are dying. The death shadow is over all of us. We do walk in death.
1: Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue living with Jesus in mind. We're being reminded living in this world means we are always overshadowed by death, the result of sin. Living with God means we are ultimately sustained by the light of the world.
0: And I'm saying to you, the time's gonna come when there's gonna be nobody around to remember anything anybody did. And that's a very sad story, unless there is an ultimate light. One that never goes out, one that is everlasting, one that never fades.
1: This is Today with Jeff Vines and the continuation of living with Jesus in mind. The
0: first advent came in unexpected fashion. The first advent came second, an unexpected light. I love this passage in verse two of chapter nine. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now stay with me. A light has dawned. He uses two compound words. He makes it up. Isaiah makes up a word. He says, you know, I've got these two ideas. I've got the idea of darkness, and I've got the idea of death, but I need a word to kind of express both. So in the Hebrew, he, he makes up a new word. And when combined together, what he's saying is that if you need life, you have to have light. If you don't have light, you can't have life. They're inextricably tied together. In the same way, darkness, complete darkness, is death. So he comes up with this word, and basically it's the idea of a death shadow. And he says to you and I are walking constantly in the shadow of death, the death shadow. That's our lives in between the trees because of the fall darkness has come and now we're marching, but the darkness overwhelms us. Now, before you uh, say, I'm not sure I'm I'm up with that. Let me, a few years ago, I told you about an article in popular science magazine. Anybody read popular science? I don't know why you would, but if you do, (laughs) what would happen if the sun suddenly went out? I'm just kidding about that. I love science. What what would happen if the sun suddenly went out? That was the title of the article. What would happen if the sun suddenly went out? I mean, who sits around and, I think I'll write an article. What would happen if the sun goes, you know, why don't you just write an article? What would happen if there was no more coffee in the world? That would be interesting. (laughs) People would be cranky 24 hour, 24 seven. Three things he says. If the sun were to go out, number one, the whole world would be zero degrees by the end of the day. And it would be minus a hundred degrees below zero by the end of the year. And finally, somewhere along the line, it would stabilize, interesting word, it would finally stabilize somewhere around minus 400 degrees below zero. If the sun went out, photosynthesis would stop immediately. So the plants that are putting out oxygen would basically crumble up and die. It would be possible, yes, to survive Uh, but most of us would freeze to death before we could create shelters for everyone before we suffocated. And then there might be other ways to create or other ways of oxygen, but we would probably all die before we could manufacture something that would be sustainable. And because we get most of our, or all of our, well, most of vitamin A and D from sunlight, even if we learned or discovered a way we could breathe, our bones would just crumble and we would fade away. The article said in Science, if there's no light, there's no life. and if there was no light, this Earth wouldn't have been created or made or whatever it suggests, in the first place. Life, surely, but slowly, dies where there's the absence of light. Now in this passage, look, he says, "On those living in the darkness and this is the idea of death shadow, a light has flashed. The little Hebrew the little Hebrew, two ideas. Death shadow, flashing light. What is the flashing light? You say, well, this is obviously a spiritual passage because we do have the sun. And because we have the sun, we're not living in darkness. So uh, the sun is there. So this is spiritual darkness of some kind. No, no, it's not. Think about what we said. We said, if the sun went out, all of life would end. What's the punchline? The sun is going out. We are dying. The death shadow is over all of us. We do walk in death. We're constantly living in the shadow of death. And in Psalm 23, when David said that, he wasn't talking about one-time event. He was saying, my entire life, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I mean, that's my entire life. He says, I'll fear no evil. Your rod and staff, they come for me. He's saying, my life, I have found a way. I am constantly walking with this idea and shadow of death hanging over me. How many of you cooked a turkey on Thanksgiving? Anybody? Anybody? All right, reason, because I've had trouble with this this weekend, I gotta tell. I'm concerned that none of you celebrate Thanksgiving because in all of my services, I've asked this question and I probably haven't had more than five people. I know you're in church, you don't like to raise your hand and participate, but participate just just so I feel better, (laughs) okay? how many of you cooked a turkey for Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. How many of you ate turkey for Thanksgiving? Okay. So how many of you bought it from Marie Callender's or Boston, somewhere, other place, but you did eat the turkey. Okay. Okay. Now, if you cook a nice turkey, and I I don't know, some of you may may have had tofu turkey. Uh, You might still go to heaven, but it'll be close. But if you had turkey, if you put a turkey out on the table, man, and as soon as I'd walk in the house on Thanksgiving I, and my mom made the turkey and she'd leave it out, and I, man, oh my goodness, does that smell nice. Now, what happens if you leave the turkey out for four hours? Uh, what about four days? What happens in four days? You know, I did have a picture to show you of a, turget, uh, turkey, a turkey filled with maggots, but I thought that was just too much. So I didn't do it. I didn't do it for the sake of the kids. Uh, and I wanted to show you that this is a good picture of your life. Because if you leave a turkey out for four days, uh, the health department's going to come and evict you and your turkey. Because if you leave a turkey out, it loses energy, not gains it. And that is a picture of you and me. Perfect example. 50 years old. I'm not getting better. And the point is, in Isaiah is that you and I are losing energy. The death shadow hangs over us. And some of you may, you'll get this novel idea and you'll say, well, you know what? That's okay because I am going to do something that people will remember, you know. And I'm saying to you, yeah, maybe, but the time's gonna come when there's gonna be nobody around to remember anything anybody did. And that's a very sad story unless there is an ultimate light. Light. One that never goes out. One that is everlasting. One that never fades. You ever noticed in Genesis 1, the Bible tells us that let there be light and light was and yet, if you read the text carefully, the sun is not created till a few days after that or moments after that at least. How can there be light without the sun? In the book of Revelation, we're told that beyond the trees is a city. The city of God has come down. New heavens, new earth, And in that new place, there will be no need, the Bible says, for the sun. Because God is the light, the energy that drives and sustains all things. See, if the sun is just a created thing from the creator himself, then the greater light creates the lesser light. And even if the lesser light goes out, the greater light, the eternal light, shines on still. Which means that everything beyond the trees is sustained According to the book of Revelation, God and the lamb are the light of the world. And in that world, it's like one day God turns off the sun and then employs the ultimate power generator that will never go out. The ultimate light where nothing will ever fade and nothing will ever lose its energy. Do you understand? Please, please stay with me. Do you understand that is first advent? It wasn't just that Jesus came as a king and royalty to redeem you. It was also to reveal something to you that eternity is real. And he wanted to give you a little sample of what happens in life beyond the trees and the lame walk and the blind see. The paralytic picks up his mat and walks. There's no more death, no more crying, no more mourning, no more stress, no more worry, no more frustration, no more anxiety, no more depression. Because all those are associated with the darkness and are pulling away from God. But our entire life is a love story where God is trying to pull, 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 pull and get us here so that we may live a life beyond the trees and that everything we've ever wanted, our deepest heart's desire becomes a reality, a thing that you know is real. You know inside you that you are more than just your flesh. You know, in the words of the apostle Paul, that you're incarcerated in the flesh, that I feel so young inside. I do. I feel so young inside. But my body won't cooperate. I'm incarcerated in this old shell that's getting older. I went out to play my future son in law in a game of basketball yesterday. I was okay for like two minutes, then I was dizzy and my head was spinning. I think I think I better sit down. I'm incarcerated. In my mind I was dunking, three sixties, everything. But the body won't cooperate. This is in decay, but I know that my soul is... You know down deep inside that something's going on. The real you is not your body, thank God. The real you is inside that. It's incarcerated. It's trapped. And the Bible says that the Son of God came, Emmanuel, God with us, to show us that place beyond the trees is real. And you know it's real, man. You know it's real. And there the light will shine forever. This is
1: Today with Jeff Vines, and Pastor Jeff's message is about the coming of the Son of God in our Advent series. Let's continue living with Jesus in mind.
0: Now stay with me. The first Advent came in unexpected fashion. The second Advent came in unexpected light. And third, the first Advent culminated on an unexpected tree. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. You and I live, even though eternity before, and life beyond the trees, you and I live between the trees, right? And we're stuck here. And very few of us think about life beyond the trees. How do you know that? Because if you really did, you'd live differently. If you really believed in life beyond the trees and compared to what you're one day going to experience with life between the trees, your life between the trees is that long. It's gone. Because you were made for another place, another world. Remember C.S. Lewis asking the question, does a fish wake up one morning and think, I'm, I'm awfully wet today. And the answer is no, because a fish was made for water, yet you wake up almost every day and think, man, there's got to be something better than this. And you know why? Because you were made for another world. You were made for life beyond the trees. And so, God says, I want to help you get there. But you've got to think about it first. You've got to contemplate it. You've you got to think about, how do I know that I'm going here? How do I know that I'm going to be welcomed here? How do I know that I'm going to live my life The ultimate source, under the ultimate source of light. When Robin and I lived in New Zealand, we had this old rug. It was old and smelly. And I could not, I hated that rug. And she wouldn't let me get rid of it. It was old, ugly, and smelly. And finally one day I came in, I said, look, honey, can we not get rid of this rug? It's old. It's ugly and it's smelly. And she said, well, you're old and ugly and smelly, but I keep you. Okay, I see her point. But the real point is we just got used to it. You know, she didn't ever think about it. It's just part of the landscape. You and I are so used to living here that we think that's all there are. And you say, no, I don't really think, but you you seldom ponder that. You think about it from time to time, but you're so enamored and so engulfed with things in here that you're not living for things over there. God said, I don't want that because I love you and I want to be restored with you. So I'm going to help you get to life beyond the trees. I'm going to help you get there. And here's what he says in Isaiah nine. For unto us, a child is born to us. A son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There'll be no end. Very careful language in the Hebrew. Notice a child is born, but a son is given. A child is born. But a son is given. Who gives us the son that becomes a child who is born? And the answer is God gives us the son. But the son is born. The son of God born. And he's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Remember the wreath represents everlasting. An unending covenant God makes with us. And God himself, he is everlasting, everlasting. Every time you see a wreath, the circle, God is everlasting, everlasting. How, how does a God who has no beginning or no end be born? Well, the answer is because God is self-reducing. Remember what I said about God? God is the only entity that does not depend on anything outside of himself for his existence. He is self-existing. Therefore, God can be self-reducing. It's called the kenosis theory out of Philippians chapter 2. It's where God says, I am going, and if you're God, you could do anything. It's where God says, I'm going to take the form of a servant. And here is the message of the gospel. Eternity is real only if God is real. The incarnation is real only if God is real. And your salvation is real only if God is real. Because in Christ, God says, you are dying. The death shadow is covering you. And I want to help you get to everlasting life. And so there is a third tree. And it's the real tree of life. This is the tree that if you come to it in humility gets you to life beyond the trees. Now the interesting thing about this is there are many people who understand it to a degree and want to experience it. But they don't because they think somehow Christmas and Advent is a general thing out there but not personalized for me in here. They don't recognize that you have to be careful of assuming that God's kindness to you is a sign of his weakness. And so God comes in the form of man and he does something for you that you could not do for yourself He dies for your sins so that you can be presentable in the presence of God so that he can get you to life beyond the trees. And so you will be welcomed in because your sin no longer separates you from him. It has been forgiven once and for all on the cross of Jesus Christ. And now you live with him through eternity. But make no mistake, Jesus says, if you try to get to the life beyond the trees without going to the third tree, the real tree of life, then you're still walking in the death shadow. And every single one of us is gonna live eternity in one of two places. Again, remember, you know you're more than your body. You're incarcerated in this flesh. You know you're more than that. And everybody is eternal. You're either gonna live in total light or total darkness. Total light in the presence of God because you've been to the tree of life. Total darkness because you were never humble enough to personalize the cross. And for you, church and Christmas time was a social event that you did, but you never bent your knee to the Savior and said, I get it. Only by way of the tree of life does life come in and is the darkness pushed out. Do you understand? Just to make sure. Why is it then? Isaiah 53, six, powerful passage says we all, that's you and me and everybody else. Like sheep. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. If this is such a wonderful gift, why do so many people reject it? All right, this is the end. This is the real end. Do I have you? It's secret to Advent. There are some gifts that you receive that are hard to receive. Like, and everybody knows by now that I gave my wife Nutrisystem for Christmas last year. Okay. Uh, I know it was a mistake. Uh, I really thought at the time I was doing the right thing. I really did. I'm going to stay with that story. I'm sticking to that story. Because if you know my wife, she, she weighs all of maybe 120 and she complains about her weight all the time. So I thought, man, I'm gonna, if I can be crass for a moment, I'm going to get her just to shut her up. Well, he didn't shut her up. She just changed topics. And that's how bad a husband that she has. She told all her friends. So I made a mistake. But that is hard. I started thinking about it. If somebody this Christmas gets you a dieting book and you open it up, thanks. <laughs> if somebody gets you a Dell Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, thank you. I am fat and obnoxious, but thank you for the Christmas gifts. <laughs> the problem is to receive those gifts, you have to admit something about yourself that you'd rather not admit. There has never... Been a gift offered that makes you swallow to the depths your pride and sense of self sufficiency than the gift that Jesus gives you at Christmas time. Because you're admitting that we are in such bad shape that God had to come to earth himself to die for our sins so that we could be brought into the light. To receive this gift, you have to admit that you can never be good enough by whatever rituals you involve yourself in, whatever knowledge you gain to be received and accepted by God. And that is a hard gift for a lot of people to swallow. You have to admit that you're a sinner saved by grace and you give up control of your life and you hand it over to the Christ child who becomes a man and dies for your sins. The king comes in humility so that you and I can rise and descend in greatness. And the very first words out of Jesus' mouth on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus makes it clear, you're not gonna get to life beyond the trees if you don't go through the real tree of life. Because at the tree of life, a spiritual transaction takes place. You give Jesus your sin, he gives you his forgiveness. You give Jesus death to yourself, he gives you life for eternity. And that's what Advent is. The king has come. Royalty has descended into greatness. He did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself a servant and served you. It's a love story. He gave himself for you so that he would not lose you and all who call on his name and humble themselves. Finally, this is is it. This is it. Sorry, I got to do this. What most of us do at Christmas time or at any other time of the year, we meander around the cross. Hey, cool cross. Cool cross. Yeah, Jesus died for my sin. Way to go, Jesus. Good job. And we walk around. Yeah, I think I'll go to church and sing a few carols. Yeah, cool, God, cool. No, 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 no. The only act is when you're down like this and your head is bowed and you say, God, I can't do this. Would you do for me what I cannot do for myself? Would you forgive me of my sin through the tree of life so that I may live in eternity with you? When you do that and then you stand up, you're going to live your life differently because now you know ultimately your life's about after the trees, not between the trees. And the way you spend your time and your resources and your thoughts, all of it, you're living for what one day you know is going to be a reality. And you and me together will be the light in this community, the light in the world, and no one will ever be the same after they've encountered us. Father, I want to thank you for the power of your word for week one of Advent. The light has come and darkness has been pushed back. We are grateful for what we've heard, what we've seen. And Father, I pray that Christmas would mean so much more to us this year as we light the candles and experience you in relationship. And as we get to know you better, we get to know ourselves better and our dependency on you and the light has come into the world that we may live out of darkness and the death shadow may be cast aside and every good and perfect gift that comes from you becomes ours. In Jesus' name and through him, amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That's the end of living with Jesus in mind. Next time, we'll hear another message in our Advent series about waiting for the return of Jesus. To hear more from Pastor Jeff right now, just head to vision.org.au and search for Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines